This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today I promise you, you want to take notes, and then after this interview, you want to go get the free trial, if it's still available, on this website. I have the founder, the creator of Content Machine App, Daviv, and if I say his last name real quick, Sistra, it's just because I don't want to mess it up like people mess up my name all the time, so I take that personal but I have this this young guy, you know, you would think, hey, is this guy an actor? Or, you know, what is he doing? No, he's actually creating a machine to get you on that level. He's going to say Gary V. And, you know, you guys know how we feel about Gary V over here. You know, uh, stable genius. So welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I'm doing awesome. A couple last couple of days were rough, but today's been a pretty good day so far. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that, and I'm so glad that one of my team members who like lives in software and tech shared your stuff with me. I need you to tell everybody about Content Machine, and I'll definitely vouch for I've seen it work. But what are you doing that's just changing the game? Yeah, so what we do is we created a 24/7 uh, digital assembly line with uh, workers in multiple time zones. And these workers, what they do is their jobs is to listen to your clips, find the best moments, and then take those moments and chop it up into smaller pieces that put you across all the platforms that uh, you wanna be on. So you can think of it as taking your long form content and chopping it up into small bite-sized formats that uh, you know Bob scrolling through social media can consume very easily. And he's talking for your Twitter, for your every platform, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, infographics, everything. I mean, it's we've seen similar things, but I think where yours changes the game is you're covering so much, putting out even more content and your price point for agencies, especially is where it needs to be that they can, you know, you can afford it. I, you know, you ha- I don't want to say your specials because I really want people to kind of tune into your webinars and go through it. You do a great job of doing that and explaining it and they can say, okay, this makes sense. But I want to go kind of deeper in thinking like the influencer who says, look, I'm not an agency. I want everything he has. And he, you've made it affordable, you know, even at a $99 level. But I think people need to go all in because the package that you have doing everything, that's where you want to be. So it's not software. It's actually real people making the content. Yeah. And we have tools that help them streamline the process so that uh, the workflows are efficient. So it's a mixture of, uh, you know, human labor and software working together. Okay. And, and so what would you say team wise, did you went out and hire like 10, 20, a hundred people. And I would assume it would be overseas because Americans are sometimes hard to work with when you're trying to build something like this, but how big is the team? Yeah. So right now we have about 16 or 17 people. And, uh, you know, this is something that was born out of the pandemic, uh, that we started in March. So, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of growth so far. Um, one of the first 
interesting moments is when, you know, we were just running this machine uh, as a system that we built ourselves and we ran a webinar talking about how uh, we were doing this. And it just so happened to be that other people wanted to do the same thing. So we just productized it and, uh, you know, now we're working on onboarding customers and making sure that we're turning their long form content into a bunch of tiny, smaller bite-sized formats. And you're doing it, you know, fairly quickly. And I believe that you're even doing the scheduling for it as well. Is that correct at the, the highest here? Yeah, the scheduling is uh, right now in the beta uh, program. So we are working with, uh, some smaller teams on, on, you know, automating their, uh, their entire flow, but we're actually building software for that right now, where it's just a one post, uh, one click post. Basically it will find a time, uh, across all the different platforms so that you don't have to go in and schedule it. You can just, you know, look at the piece of content that you're trying to put down and then click a button and it schedules it automatically. So then everything is just completely streamlined. So Okay. And the, you know, I, I've talked about this with my audience. Um, we're actually, you know, trying out, I think we're in our second month or so, maybe longer for a competition like 98 bucks social. And, you know, they create content for you. They put it up 98 bucks is the start. Then you go up tiers and there's different add-ons. What makes your stuff different is you have so many different pieces of content. And again, you even tell, and I, this is why I wanted to talk with you. You even tell some of the stuff people could do for themselves to make this happen. I mean, folks could go on Fiverr, find a whole bunch of people to do all these things. And you're even saying the software, which I liked your transparency because, you know, us tech geeks who really like, oh, we could do that ourselves, but you're streamlining and we don't even have to kind of second guess. And for what I've seen, you guys do a good job at that if someone comes in right now and gets one of these you know um packages from you is that price going to go up or down or things going to ever you know oh we're going to have to take this out we can't do your twitter anymore we've built we're too big now and we actually don't need you as a customer do you see that ever kind of maybe changing yeah well the way we think about it in our organization is there's multiple chains of workflow uh, you have to first create the long form content. That's the first chain. Then you got to chop it up into smaller bite-sized formats so that people don't get ADHD and, you know, don't even watch the clip. And then you've got to schedule and create all the copy for the social media. So with that, at, at the current state of uh, contentmachine.app, we're only doing the long form chopped up into bite-sized formats. We plan on helping people create the long form eventually, and we're also in the beta stages of you know, scheduling it out. But in the future, we're going to have this entire process, um, something where you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, content creators can just plug in and uh, create a full month's worth of content in about an hour. And, and that's, that's awesome. And I'm thinking you know, companies... Like I used to work uh, with Synology server company. We did CES and did all these things. And, you know, they they pay their, in their marketing department, their social media people. There'll be like one person for Facebook or maybe you take two different social medias. You could re- literally replace those people with your company. Well, I don't know about replacing them. I would say that uh, there's no there's no easier way, in my opinion, uh, to create micro content than what 
the system that we've built because you know we designed it just so that, that people can take what they already have and then chop it up into all the different formats because you know every single platform has a different format they have a different way of saying the thing then you know you have to focus on uh, uh, you know making sure that your team's doing the uh, the right things, all the Q and a, and we just take care of all that. So the beauty of this process is that you upload it and you turn your head. And then the next thing, you know, you have, you know, all the micro content you need. So I don't know about replacing them potentially. Um, but you know, right now we serve a very specific purpose and it's for people who have long form content and want to chop it up and get more attention um, using smaller formats. Okay. And just so the audience knows, he's giving his best Bill Gates modesty because I see the future. Once the scheduling gets out of there and you master that, then you're going to tell people, look, we can also handle your ads and stop wasting money when we've already mastered the ad. So, you know, give us maybe a budget or however you, you put that together. But with the scheduling, I don't need that person anymore. And so I, I can save money because I can go to a company that's going to take what we have from our video department, chop it up. We could have an intern literally, uh, literally make sure everything's going right weekly. Right. And now you're, you go in and you say, hey, we're going to run your Instagram ads if your budget's $50 or 500 a month. And now you don't have to worry about these things. I mean, you are the next episode of Black Mirror with what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we've uh, we've brainstormed the idea of running ads uh, using people's micro content, but that uh, that is probably a, a path that we're probably going to save for you know maybe 2022. There's a lot of things in the pipeline that need to get tied up before we think about running ads for people, uh, and I don't even know if we will end up doing that. But you know what we are really good at is our core expertise, chopping up that content, and then. Uh, hopefully automating the scheduling. Okay. And and as I told you, I like to be able to inspire, you know, the 14 year old or even the 44 year old with this content and you being, you know, still in your twenties. I, I want to know, how did you come up with this? Did you get angel investors? Did you get VC or did you just get it out of the mud? Yeah. So we essentially started off with a product called hypertarget.io back in uh, late 2018. Um, about late 2019, our product got banned by Facebook. So we had to figure out how to pivot. And up, up until this point, everything was bootstrapped. We did bring on some additional funding uh, during after our product got banned by Facebook uh, through some uh, close angel investors. But, uh, you know, the way that we pivoted into this offer was we were just trying to build some, you know, content uh, automation systems for ourselves, And it you know, it turns out more people wanted this than, uh, than I thought. And we've ended up spinning this off into its own product. Uh, I'm really passionate about getting people in and, uh, getting them involved with building their own startup, their own business. I think that's where the majority of growth for people happens. You just end up learning a lot about, uh, all the different facets of business, like sales, marketing, software development, customer service, customer experience, finance, HR, hiring, culture, leadership, you know, there's so many things that uh, you, you become in this path of, uh, you know, building a company. So, you know, mo everything up until this point over the last four and a half years of running my own business has been bootstrapped. 
and it wasn't until very recently that we took on a little bit of funding. Okay. And you say a little bit, sounds like a, a guy who doesn't want to owe a lot of back to people and, you know, be controlled um, because that's what happens when the vultures, I mean, the venture capitalists come and say, Hey, we got this money for you. Now we get to do like a puppet <laughs> and tell you yeah. what to do. Are, are you one of those entrepreneurs where you need to have control? Uh, I think so. Uh, that, that is absolutely something that is important to me. And, you know, we wouldn't have raised this uh, round of funding if, uh, if I thought otherwise. Um, and, you know, one of the most incredible things is that I didn't seek out this funding. They came to me. Uh, so, you know, they're good friends of mine. I'm, I've known them for multiple years through a, a board, you know, a mastermind organization called Board of Advisors. So I've been a part of that for three years and, uh, you know, I met them year one, they wanted to invest with me. Uh, but I told them that it wasn't the right time. So, you know, two and a half years later, I told them, Hey, if you still want to, you know, I think, uh, I think now's your shot. (laughs) So they ended up investing and, uh, now we have a lot of leverage. We have a lot of capital to work with and, you know, we can do some pretty amazing things with, uh, you know, being able to allocate that capital. Okay. And, and so, What's your your background? Did you go to school and you you learned, you know, you're a coder? What what's your background? Yeah, so I you know, my formal education is electrical engineering. Um, but I I had a much um I I took a path more towards the coding side of things. And so I understand systems at a high level and I understand uh code, but I'm not the one coding, right? I understand how code uh, and systems work together to create a result, but I'm not the one doing the coding. Um, that's handled by our team in India. Uh, and so I, that allows me to focus on uh, marketing funnels, uh, sales, uh, building the customer experience, uh, understanding who our target market is and understanding why they would use products that we build. Uh, I, all this was learned, you know, after graduation, it's not like I learned any of this in college. In fact, college was pretty useless for me. Um, I didn't. I don't think I learned a damn thing about electrical engineering, to be honest with you. Um. <laughs> Can you go deeper into that? Because you sound like you might have went to Harvard or something um, with that. No. You know, uh, where, 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 where did you go to school? Yeah, I went to a university called uh, University of Texas at Arlington. So about 30,000 people um, and... You know, the, they're famous for having an electric, you know, a great engineering department. They're not famous for it, but, you know, they're known for it in Texas for having a good engineering department. But the problem with engineering at, at that school is you have these professors whose first languages aren't English, and they're trying to explain complex topics like, you know, electromagnetics, <laughs> electromagnetism and uh, control systems and you know, that are not teachers. They're just professors that are in the research department that just have to do something uh, with the undergraduate students. So imagine trying to learn some of the most complex topics with a guy that doesn't speak English as his first language. You know, you can imagine that everything was self-taught through YouTube and, and textbook and just trying to, you know, solve the questions that they give you. So yeah, I could have probably tried harder, but my, my vision has always been in business. I always knew I was going to get into business. I wanted to uh, go the engineering route to meet engineers 
so that I could start a business with them. Uh, so I've been on this path for like six or seven years now. Um, started off reading a lot of books about business and uh, then really got started uh, after I graduated college. Well, you know, that same story that you have, and we definitely went to school at different times. I had the similar scenario and I know others have, you know, and you're like, hold on, I want to get this. And and I love learning new languages. I've been to about 16 different countries. I at least can do, you know, hello in all of them. And I know you being from Nepal, which we just confirmed, you know, the hello that everybody knows from Nepal. I don't even want to say it because it's just to me so cliche and ah, give me something complicated but um you know tell me something like i can go to malawi and say muli bonji or something like that you know um but i want to make sure we put that out there because people say i told you the foreigners were taking over okay no um you were born in nepal and you had the same issue that i have i was born in okanda that's oakland after you see black panther and you had the same issue that you didn't learn what you wanted to do, but you still, you went through it. And now people will look at you like, okay, you know what you're talking about. So you did what you had to do. So people will at least listen to you. What did you do that the other students that may not be pursuing their dreams, um, what they did not do because you're living your best life and you know, the best is yet to come. Yeah. I think it all started from reading, uh, a variety of topics about business and personal development early on, probably when I was 20, 21. Uh, I think that's what people didn't do. And they uh, approached their life, you know, trying to set a goal of making six figures, which, you know, I, t- you know, talk about this quite a lot, actually. I-, I call it the six figure scam. People are trying to make six figures, but really what they're shooting for is six figures a year. And it's not even 900,000, it's like 100,000. So as soon as they make that 100,000, they think that, oh, I've made six figures. Well, in reality, you that's only about $8,000 per month and you're getting taxed on that, which is around 6,500 a month uh, that you're netting. And so, you know, that's not really a big aspiration. I think, you know, I, I achieved six figures in you know my first nine months of business. And so I, I realized very quickly that people were just listening to the wrong people they had the wrong goals. They, uh, they didn't know what goals to set. They, they didn't know how, uh, how to think differently. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think you're wrong. I, I went, or people are wrong when they're saying, you know, foreigners are taking over because if you look at a lot of you know, the success story is it's people from, you know, Elon Musk was born in Africa. Um, and Sabona. Google, yeah, the Google guys, um, same thing. Steve Jobs, same thing, you know? So I'm not trying to say I'm going to be one of those kind of guys, but, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, values and things that you learn not growing up in the U.S. and that you end up you know, you have an amazing opportunity here in the U.S. And as, as I guess you'd say, as foreigners, you're, you're more understanding of those uh, privileges and, and you, you, you want to put your best foot forward. And so that's the advantage I think that uh, uh, people from outside the U.S. have is they, they, under, they see two different worlds and, you know, they want to commit to the world where the opportunity is just flowing like water. 
which is here in the U.S. Well, you know, I would say America is like a it's it's like a plantation. Not that I know what that is because I don't know how to farm or it's like, you know, a, a jail cell, but it's real comfortable. So I guess it's the feds. I don't know. Haven't been there, but it it will give you a lot of things where you can have Internet everywhere you go. Whereas most places, you know, that's a luxury, even though I think life is a lot richer every time I've left this country as far as relationships and how you deal with people and being genuine and knowing who your real friends and your family are. But what you get in America is people being lazy. Let's just, I'm, I'm saying it. You don't have to say it because I don't want people to come attack you in Texas. I lived in Lubbock, Texas, my wife and I live there. I don't want them to attack you, but people being lazy and saying, okay, a hundred thousand. And if you ever read a Trump book, you know, my Irish twin and my down the street neighbor that you will find that the money is just a scoreboard. It's just something else to do something else with. It's not like, oh, okay, you got the money and now everything you're going to stop doing something forever. Your mind doesn't work like that. You have to be able to do something. Am I correct in saying that? Is that how your mind works? Yeah, for me, um, business is just a lot of fun. Uh, Building a business is something that I have just always dreamt of doing. Um, So I don't know if it's my upbringing. I don't know if it's the stuff that I was reading. I think it started with an obsession with money. I think that's how it originally started. Um, and I just saw business as being the mechanism of achieving, you know, financial success. But along the way, I've basically figured out that there's nothing else that I want to be doing with my time, you know, um, one of the goals I have is uh, I want a company that I build to be acquired. I think that'd be a really interesting thing. Uh, the business is the product that I'm trying to sell. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm working on building is something that someone else would want to purchase for me. Okay. So all my um, fellow members at Florida funders, this is a tech play and this is, you know, this is the goal that you you want. And I could see, you know, VCs would be happy on this, but I could see, um, you know, Alphabet or, you know, whomever saying, I want this. And I think you've figured out a strategy, you know, to make it easier for us to sell to our people. Um, How do you make that cost effective? Just like anything else, you, you know, you come low and you keep adding and adding till everybody feels like they need to have it. Um, Business being fun, Are you a serial entrepreneur at heart? I think so. Um, But we'll see. I mean, you know, this is still the first decade of my career. Um, We'll see where the second decade takes me and the third decade and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. So, uh, you know, I I want to eventually be building something long-term that spans longer than a decade. I think, you know, some of the biggest and best and, uh, you know, businesses that have been built by entrepreneurs over the last 20 years have, you know, it's not something that was just a quick flip, it's something that they've pursued and built and uh, tried to perfect. And eventually I want to get to there. So, you know, a serial entrepreneur to me is just someone who builds a business and then uh, hires a CEO and then steps away and then, or sells the business. And, you know, while I do want to, you know, um, have an acquisition in the next five years, I, 
I think that uh, eventually I want to work on something a lot longer term. Uh, maybe in the biotech space, there's some really interesting stuff happening in, in biotech that uh, I think will be much more mature in about five to 10 years. And, uh, you know, that's when I'll kind of, you know, uh, pivot and, and go in some other direction that I'll have to figure out. But yeah, I don't know. A serial entrepreneur sounds like a lifestyle business, kind of um, something short term. And yeah, that might be the case for right now. But eventually, I want to be building something uh, that I'm proud of that spans, uh, you know, a decade or more. What's your favorite book of this year? Or I should say last year when this airs, right? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite book of 2020 that you read? So this year I've read the Bitcoin standard. Uh, great book. I've read traction. I've read, uh, the rational mail. I've read, uh, metaphorically selling, um, I've read this book will teach you how to write better. Um, dot com secrets right here. Extreme revenue growth startup secrets to growing your sales from 1 million to 25 million in any industry by Victor Chang. Incredible book, extreme revenue growth. I would definitely recommend this for people who, uh, have passed that 10K per month marker. Um, and uh, it's just really insightful, I think. Uh, there's another book called High Output Management by Andy Grove. He's the founder of Intel. Uh, I started reading that. It was really good, but I didn't finish it. Uh, another really good book is The Goal by Eliyahu Goldratt. Uh, if you run a business that has a lot of moving parts, like manufacturing, or heavy service-based businesses, I would definitely read The Goal by Eli Yahoo Gold, Goldrat or something. It's an amazing book. Uh, I, I would actually read, uh, listen to the audio book on, on that one because they, they, it's a brilliant story talking about how a manufacturing plant uh, has a bunch of bottlenecks and how they fixed it and how they thought about the problem. And it, it, it helps you become a better thinker in operation operationally it helps you become a better thinker operationally oh man i just purchased it because you said that so get get the audio book it said just got it um thank god for audible uh that's no that's that, yeah nice it's a great yeah. one great. yeah I, I just got it off your recommendation so thank you yeah no worries yeah i, I try to go through a book a week uh miles monroe may rest in peace had, had taught us that he said what would you know more than anybody else if you read a book a week and so you know my wife does like two books a week but she's she's superwoman so it's all it's all good what you know for the influencer who's out there who's saying look i'm just starting i want to do this I want everything. Um, do you ever see if I start now at the lower level, do you see the prices going up or do you see kind of like the McDonald's method of where, you know, we want to just serve a billion soul. So we'll get even more software and prices may go down and I should just wait because one thing you don't want influencers to do is get software. Think that you're going to change their whole life. They're going to be the next Gary V and all this content. It doesn't, you know, move the needle because they have to understand the difference between putting out content and it 
getting revenue and that ROI. So what would you say to those influencers, you know, who are kind of on the fence and like, I want to do it, but I want everything eventually. I'm not too sure where our pricing is going to go because I, I think as we start um, integrating the different chains of workflow for content creators, where they produce the long form, they chop it up and then they distribute it. Uh, as we integrate all three of those chains together, um, there's going to be more value, but there's also going to be more automation. So uh, it just depends on, um, you know, a few different tests that we'll probably end up running, um, whether or not we increase prices or not, because you can't just set an arbitrary price. You have to just test a bunch of different things. Um, I'm not sure, man. Um, I think that if anyone is creating content and sees content as a long-term play, uh, for getting the success that they need or that they want, then, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way, whether it be hiring your own contractors, which might be unreliable, uh, or, you know, doing it yourself, which is time consuming and not scalable or working with us to do that. You know, I think we're the clear choice there. Um, we're the cheapest, we're the fastest, we're the smartest choice there. Uh, and you know, you're going to have to chop it up because, you know, people aren't going to commit, you know, people who have just now heard about you aren't going to commit to a 40 minute, 50 minute episode. Uh, but they might commit to a 30, 60, 90 second episode. If it shows up on their social media and someone's got to do that work, it's, it can't, you can't just hope and pray that people are going to find your stuff. It's got to, uh, be distributed in an intelligent way and, the way that you do that on social media is you make it bite-sized so that people can consume it, you know, while they're wasting time on the couch. No, definitely. So. Definitely. And again, if you go through one of the content machine webinars, people, and you know, you have the founder and, and I, you know, maybe one day you put that as a webinar, maybe it's a course, but you really go through what you'll have to do to get on that level. It is a steal of a deal. And I, I really see and, and want to see the growth uh, for my clients, especially because they're, they're growing and we're, you know, hiring more people for, for different people. And they, we, we need to use automation. I don't, you know, that's, why I love the book, The Future is Faster Than You Think, because it tells you everything. Are people like, that's you've made that up. And it's like, no, it's already here. I'm not a I'm not a unicorn. I'm just somebody who's extremely nosy, who loves to work. And like yourself, I like the business. I make a terrible employee. I have ideas. If you have ideas as an employee, you're probably uh, we'll do that later. And And I've been in some of, you know, the best boardrooms. And it's like, the people at the top, they don't get it. So you have to prove yourself and what this new world looks like to them. With all the success that you've had and that you're going to have in the future, and believe me, you are you know you're going to have success in the future. What is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan on doing? Yeah, I think uh, I just have to uh, keep trying to educate people on the current system and box that they've been put in and get them to take more uh, risks before they decide to have a family. Because when you have a family, you have people to look after and you need something more stable. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I want to educate people who are able to uh, take a little bit of risk and pursue things on their own. Uh, 
and show them how to bootstrap because, you know, up until, uh, you know, a year ago, I had for the last three years since 2016, I had bootstrapped and, you know, I, I grew my business without taking on any funding. And the way I, I did that is by selling uh, high ticket products. And the reason you have to sell high ticket products when you're starting off, uh, when you don't have funding is because you don't need many to cover your month's rent and your, 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 your weekly or monthly expenses. And that gives you the runway that you need to, you know, figure out the next step of the equation. And, you know, that compounds over time. And, you know, that's what I want to give back is I want to help people take that, uh, take that first step into saying, Hey, I want to start my own business and I don't want to run out of money in my savings account while I do that. So that's, uh, that's, that's, I think the most insightful thing that I've learned is how to start a business, uh, without taking on any funding and depleting your sales, depleting your savings, uh, while learning all the things that you need to know as an entrepreneur to get you to that next step. Can I, and this is a real personal question, but can I get your crazy vision for the future? Let's take the limits off. Where do you see it? And, and I, and I want you to know where I'm going with this, with what you're doing with the scheduling. And then we're talking about like the ads and, you know, you talked about, you know, reading things on, you know, Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency. It's very possible. Somebody could get your software create their company that have never had a job, but you allow three brands at your top tier, they take three brands and say, hey, I'm gonna charge you X amount of dollars, high end, I'm gonna pay Content Machine app, and now I'm gonna go you know, live wherever I wanna live. I can go live in Nepal if I want, and I can, it's almost like the network marketing or MLM, which is a bad word over here, but I could tell my friend, and they could do the same thing with their brands, and so I want to get like, what's your crazy vision for the future? Cause I just, I get that vibe from you where you can like use, you can see seven steps ahead. Yeah. So we're working on some uh, R and D right now with an AI technology um, that was originally founded by Elon Musk, uh, open AI. He is no longer with that company, but they're still making uh, amazing progress. And, and the, you know, the software is called GPT three. And basically you can plug into the, uh, the strongest AI that's ever been created, uh, quite easily. And we're working on, you know, we're in their beta testing round right now, and we're working on, um, helping, you know, content creators, influencers, uh, create a digital digital version of themselves using the content that they've already created, which then could allow uh, the content creator or influencer to, uh, you know, basically post on their behalf with things that they would say themselves and it be very, uh, what do you call it? Authentic to them. So, you know, the AI would be trained on all the content that gets pushed into this, you know, just let's just imagine it's a, it's a Kellen Coleman uh, AI 
and all the content that you've ever created with your own thoughts, feelings, experiences gets trained on this uh, digital version of you. And that digital version of you uh, basically becomes your, your machine to scale across all, all the social platforms. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work or not. It's a beta testing thing that we're doing. It's very theoretical. Um, you know, I pretty much set aside five grand just to, you know, mess around with this platform and see if it has any legs, um, you know, up, it's very theoretical. Uh, so, you know, this is something that I'm just going to, you know, focus 10% of my time on and figure out if it has any legs, but regardless, the GPT three technology is incredible. It's amazing that I can just plug into the strongest AI that's ever been released, uh, and try to build stuff with it. Um, so yeah, that, that's something really, in, uh, you know, visionary that I think that I'm working on. Uh, of course, Bitcoin, I think is going to be the world reserve currency. I think biotech is going to, uh, take off in the next decade um, w- with a lot of, you know, superpower like uh, capabilities, like rest- restoring your vision, restoring hearing, uh, you know, solving dementia and Alzheimer's and all that good stuff. Uh, I also think that, uh, uh, UBI is going to have to get passed sooner or later, uh, in the next 20 years. I don't know. These are just some thoughts that I have. <laughs> no, no. It, it, and it's good. It's good to have those, you know, to let people know. I mean, again, future is faster than you think talks about how Tony Robbins and others are being cloned almost, um, you know, for the AI so they can, you know, talk. My thing with that is which version of the person do you get? And when does the AI get so good to find out not the person you put out to the public, but who you really are. And when that person really, you know, starts saying things that are off color, which we all say things that folks would be offended by. I have investment in Africa. I will be, in Africa by then where they can't extradite or cancel me. Everything is just will be good. So I'm not worried for myself, but for everybody else who is in the West and your AI say something off color joke, I'm a, you know, you know, comedian, I'm a funny guy. And people were like, Hey, you offended me. And now it wasn't me. It was my AI. Well, you thought it. And so again, black mirror, we're giving you content all day. Feel free to reach out to us. We'll come, we'll sit for a weekend. We'll write some stuff out. You can pick our crazy brains and you know, we'll, we'll go. No, I, I love that. You, you, you shared that with the audience and I don't want to give them too much because I want folks to go do their research, go look at the books that were mentioned and definitely go check out your webinars where I think personally it's good enough for you just to run those. And if people have further questions, they can come. But I mean, you're you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. VCs are going to be running after you. I know South by Southwest, you'll be on some stages when everything clears out and possibly CES, um, which I love CES. But, you know, please stay tuned, people. And if they do have any other questions that if there's something I didn't tap into, what is the best way for them to ask that to get that answered? Yeah, the best way is to reach out to me on Twitter at Devige3. So it's D-I-V-E-E-J-3. And you can tweet at me and I'll most definitely respond. Uh, Send me a message and I'll most definitely respond or just email me at devige at contentmachine.app.
Awesome. Well, you guys have gotten the game. Make sure you like, share, subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. And we appreciate all you have gotten the game. Game over. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.